Welcome in to another edition of the Technicake Podcast episode. Episode 531. Charlie here with you. Mitch on the other side of Zoom. We're back early. This is uh for the old school Tap the Keg listeners. We used to always tape Monday nights. Uh, Mitch would be working at the radio station. So I'd come in and for the days of Zoom, uh, I would lay it down and we'd have drops and the whole thing. And yeah, so we're, we're throwing it back tonight. What's up, buddy? Yeah, I, I like the, I kind of like the early week pod recording. I feel like it's, uh, for whatever reason, it feels like there's more. It's probably because like Monday is just like such a reactionary day. You can just, yep. especially during football season, obviously, you can uh, sort of, you just, you just took in a couple days, a couple nights of sports overload. And then it's uh, it's just easy to kind of kind of vibe off of that um, for me personally. So uh, yeah. this is, uh, you know, that's my preference, probably, frankly. But uh, oh, well, look a little little behind the scenes, a little negotiating tactic for twenty twenty four here. When I get it, it all kind of it all kind of depends though, because like having Mondays. To just be a to just be a veg too is is pretty nice, right? Well. Exactly. It's like you start, you know, especially if you have a bad Monday, and it's like the last thing you want to fucking do is lay down a podcast and and talk to somebody, and you're just like, I just want to watch Monday night football or watch whatever college basketball games on Monday night when football's over, and then just that's all I'm doing, and that's yeah. it, and, and especially especially in at uh at my age if you if you go out on like a saturday and just get destroyed oh um, yeah Mon- monday nights tend to be <laughs> pretty critical as well right for, yeah uh, you, for recovery yeah you so, can't be too uh too sleep deprived early on in the week like you can kind of afford the late night you know thursday night and burn burn the other end because you have you have a night of sleep coming up but yeah no for sure absolutely well we got a lot to talk about uh as you kind of alluded we're going to uh, chat about the Packer apology rankings. A lot of people are owed apologies, uh, so we'll get into that. We're going to talk first 20 games from Milwaukee Bucks, things we've liked, things we haven't, uh, and then what are we looking for in the next next 20. Uh, maybe know who the Bucks' in-season tournament uh, opponent would be if the Bucks do win tomorrow or tonight, so we'll talk about that. Uh, and then we'll get into some college football stuff and some Brewer stuff uh, as well. So, yeah, big-ass show, as Mitch said. Uh, but we'll start with the Green Bay Packers, and everybody is still buzzing over the Packers' big win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I called the Packers yesterday the most dangerous team in the NFL. Uh, I mean that. <laughs> I, I am. I mean, look, I, I'm all in, man. This is this is like you don't. I, I, my point was, there's not a lot of teams who beat the Lions and the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks. Like, I, I'd have to look through. NFL schedules be like who has a better two week stretch and they were both wire to wire victories. They did not pull those games out of their ass. Like they kicked their ass. And I think that that's where the hype train has started. And with the hype train comes a lot of apologies because this team was two and five. There was a lot of question marks about this team. And that's where, that's where the apologies come in. But before we get into kind of our segment, any thoughts about Packers chiefs from last night? Or from Sunday night, excuse me. Well, I mean, yeah, it was obviously a. I didn't expect them to win, um, but it really—I'm not shocked. I mean, Kansas City has been 
I even said it in last week's pod, I, you know, they're, they're beatable right now. Um, and you know, I, I would hate to turn it into, cause that's pretty much, that's what, that's what the, the narrative is going to be is obviously going to be more about what Kansas city isn't versus what green Bay is. And I hate to turn it, turn it into that, but it's right. It's hard to, hard to look at Kansas city right now and be like, are they really going to win the super bowl this year? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, with Mahomes, you're always going to have have a chance, and and you you called him uh, like Kevin facing Kevin Durant in 2021, which yeah. you know it, it's it's probably true. Where it's just like like you got to make sure that 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 the clock is all the way to zero, right? And, and before it's yeah before before the game's over, because they're going to be able to make anything happen at any time. And and for Mahomes, I mean he kind of has to play that way. Like they're asking a ton out of him with no receivers and Travis Kelsey. I don't know. It's been kind of an interesting year for him. Um, obviously with the Taylor Swift shit and you know, that, that being a big part of his season and he's kind of been up and down and hasn't, I feel like it's been a while since he's had a bad or a good game. I Man, I could be wrong, right, but no, it, 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 it's been kind of just a so-so year for him. Like, he's been all yeah. right, but it hasn't been this, like, dynamic season. Now, he's getting right. up there in age, and mm-hmm. tight ends are kind of like uh, like a level up with running backs where they don't age entirely, like, super quick like running backs, but they do age kind of quickly. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have long-lasting tight ends. They, get, they just get their asses kicked. And that's why, you know, it's kind of a short cycle. And you're kind yeah. of seeing that with Travis Kelsey. I I agree with everything you're saying. And I, I think that if you're going to beat the Chiefs, this is kind of the year to do it. I yeah. think the fact that they, basically all of their injury luck ran out in one game is kind of incredible. Like, it was the all-time yeah. announcer jinx from Tariko where he was like, oh, they've played with the same secondary for like X amount of weeks. Then you had the guy go out with the ankle injury and they, they played with the same offensive line for the entire season. Uh, that guy goes out, uh, Donovan Smith goes out with a neck injury. Like all of a sudden they had had all these injuries. They lose their right. line, drew crank, drew Twainquil to a concussion. And so you have the third string linebacker in there. And so, yeah, you can make the case. Like, yeah, oh, I had to, I had, I had to go back and watch cause I, I was watching, but, I saw like tranquil, like just, just go limp. And I was like, man, I wonder what the fuck happened. I, I hope it's nothing. Right. And he just, just got an AJ Dillon knee right to the side of the head. Yeah. I can't feel um, good. That I can't, right. can't feel good. That, that has the, the quad squad uh, getting you with a knee like in December and you know, December Dillon, Door County Dillon retired. We, we, we could call him Door County Dillon for uh, three months of the year. But then in December, it's just December Dillon, and he's a bulldozer. Like, and well, he's what great. do you, what do you call Matt? Laf- isn't an MLF December, being that he's sixteen and zero now in December as oh, head so- coach of the Packers, which I did not realize until obviously I saw it after the game. It was everywhere, and I think it's been talked about today. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm now like kind of worried that we're talking about it too much. Like, I, yeah. I'm I'm now concerned that we're kind of putting adding pressure, on it. right? Um, yeah, it's kind of Matt Sember, uh, was what I, I had come up with. Cause I was like, well, Craig Tember's in the trash. We don't have Craig <laughs> Tember anymore. So now it's, it's a Matt Sember to remember, you know, kind of like the, uh, the Lexus ads. 
Uh, yeah. But I don't know. Uh, might need to get one of the t-shirt guys uh, all all over that uh, for for a t-shirt idea. I'm sure I could reach out. Matt Sember to remember. And uh, I don't hate that. Um, I'd have to trademark that myself in that fast paced t-shirt world. But yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been great. And these last three weeks, you know, it's been just a ton of fun to watch the Green Bay Packers again. And I, I was saying it yesterday that I have been a lot of fun with this team, probably more than I had in 2022. 2021 was fun, but there was still like the Rogers thing just hanging over it a little bit. And it just feels like this team is so connected. You know, LaFleur uh, with that locker room speech, talking about how everybody fucking believes right now. And I loved his comment to Keyshawn Nixon. Like, the best thing you didn't do is punch him back. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't know, man. They just all seem, like, so united. And, you yeah. know, you, you hear a lot of, like, the big Jays who are, like, in the locker room. And they're like, you don't know how much they love Jordan Love. And, like, I think that, yeah, the, they respected Rodgers, but I don't know if they loved Rodgers. I know that's, like, maybe a hard thing for people to correlate, but there is a difference, right? Like, you you know, you there are people you really care about in your life, and then there are people who you you acknowledge, you like them, but, you know, it's not like well, – it's not your guy. It's not your right. inner circle. And, and it's it's like, you know, you see in Hard Knocks when, when Rodgers, it's like, oh, my God, I'm playing with Aaron Rodgers. Right. And I think it's one of those things where it'd be like playing with LeBron kind of where it's like, I grew up watching you play. And, you know, I, I, I like, I think, I honestly think Rogers is a good teammate overall. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a, that's a misnomer narrative out there. I mean, I think he has an ego, but I think for most, he's like Kyrie where it's like the media hates him, but I think industry people and teammates, they all, they all like that, like him as a guy, but it's not the same as Jordan Love, who, uh, you know, they're, they've kind of come up with him and, you know, and then his receivers specifically are all really young and, you know, they, they don't really know any better, but yeah, I mean, it, it seems like there's the chemistry is, you know, or the vibes are as good as they've been in, in a couple of years. I mean, probably since, Maybe before the Tampa Bay NFC Championship game loss. Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh yeah, know, the last team, the last I, couple of years. Oh yeah, it's been and, it's been a lot of a lot of Rogers bullshit and um, a lot of it media driven. But you know, him too going on Pat McAfee every goddamn Tuesday and saying something stupid or whatever right. and dividing people and um, you know that wears on a locker room. I would I have to believe. Oh yeah, no, no question about it, and and that yeah, I, I would agree. I think that's an astute point. Twenty twenty, you really felt like that team was going to win the Super Bowl, and then Bakhtiari tears the ACL, and you just you never know. That is like such a moment in time for the Green Bay Packers, and we've talked about it before for a variety of reasons. Um, well, and even this year, I mean, there's been a lot of adversity. I mean, yeah. between the you know the growing pains, I guess the the losing, and and they haven't won anything yet. But I mean, they, the Bakhtiari situation, you know, you said Bakhtiari made me think like he hasn't even played. I mean, no. maybe, maybe a little bit if I remember early first couple games, but even that was in and out. And, you know, they, I mean, the Packers, a, a huge part of their success the last few weeks and definitely last night is like they've figured out the offensive line situation. Um, or at least they're actually blocking their ass off 
Yeah, cause... I think it they're they've just made adjustments. I, I'm not entirely sold on Rasheed Walker. He was this was his worst game in the last like three. Like he was good for the Chargers game, played well in the Lions game, did not play well. But Elton Jenkins, Zach Tom Zach Tom, I think has been a near all pro. Um, but I agree with you. I think they're and they're rotating guys in, which is it's weird, but it's working. Like Josh mm-hmm. Nyman comes in. And Sean Ryan comes in. It's like, well, and then they put Sean Ryan, in and he immediately gets fucking blown oh, up yeah. by Chris Jones. <laughs> yeah. But so, um, I mean, it's tough to come in cold and face arguably right. the best interior defensive lineman in football. Like that's like, well, Aaron Donald's there, I guess, too. But like, that's that's like that's a tough task. But yeah, it's it's been really fun. And like I said, there's a lot of apologies being thrown around. So thought of something fun with the apology rankings. And basically, we'll list off a few guys and kind of rate how much, like from one to 10, one being like, yeah, no, I'm not going to say sorry to that guy. Fuck that guy. Or 10 being Jim Calhoun. Like, you want to say I fucked up? I fucked up. Sorry. Like, and I, I I think that, you know, there's a, we can figure out who needs the most apologies. And maybe it's some of our personal apologies or it's just the collective in general. Uh, starting with Jordan Love, I mean, I I think it's it's an eight to nine. You know, I couldn't believe how many bad takes there were about Jordan Love until I saw him today. Danny Parkus reveling in uh, who's a radio guy for 670 to score in Chicago. Big Bears fan was like, I could say he sucks and like dancing on his grave in the middle of fucking October. And now, as I said on on X today, age like fucking milk like that, that <laughs> bad take. Adam Sheen saying, you know, the Packers won't have a quarterback. Like all of these people are, you know, kind of having to eat their words. And even if maybe love takes a step back, he's just, he's doing things that all the top quarterbacks should be doing. It's, it's kind of a uh, tail between your legs season about Jordan love. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, as far as Jordan love, I, I, I saw the flashes earlier in the year. And it's been a lot more consistent and he was, he was pretty much awesome against Kansas city. And I feel like most fans were, you know, pretty much on board with Jordan love. I think there were mm-hmm. a few in Packer nation that were, Oh, this guy isn't, he's just not the guy. And those people owe him an apology. I mean, it's been, Big time. it's been clearly he's figured some things out and, um, you know, and that part of that could be Lafleur, kind of taking the training wheels off, and you know, but you, but you've seen he's made more plays, and that's really what it's all about as a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, just yeah, when shit when shit breaks down, and you know, obviously the fourth down, that was a fourth down, the yeah, back foot the, throw last oh, night yeah. to Dobbs, unbelievable. I mean, that you know, basically won the game offensively, and um, yeah, so. You know, apology. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I was ever out on Jordan Love. So no, I mean, it's more. It's more the collective. I mean, it it doesn't have to be you personally, but it's like the collective of the the noise around it, and that's where I like was like, I think it's an eight. Like, I think you really yeah. like you have to change your opinion, and that's where you're at. Where it's like, why did we ever bury this guy? And you know, I think it's just a lesson that you can be so quick to be out on quarterbacks and it sometimes takes time 
And some, and it's just a weird thing. Some quarterbacks get a really long leash and some quarterbacks get a short leash, right? Like Bryce Young right now, everybody's putting in a dirt, but are, are we sure we should be doing that? Like yeah, I, I'm not. He, could, he could be bad, but it's partly he's getting propped. He he's getting looked at against CJ Stroud. Who's having this incredible rookie year, this out of body rookie year, like that is unlike pretty much any other quarterback in the NFL rookie wise. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of on a hair well, numbers. If, if you watch Carolina, I mean, the offensive line stinks. The receivers are god awful. Right. Um, I mean, there, there is nothing there. Yeah. Um, and, and Trevor Lawrence was a complete mess with, with Urban Meyer. And Doug Peterson, it's got better, you know, it's, and so it's like, we're just way too soon on it. So yeah, I, I think Jordan loves owed quite a bit of apologies throughout the, throughout the NBA. I think the, the next guy, Matt LaFleur, I think that that was a man. There were some people that were ready to kind of give up on Matt LaFleur that thought Matt LaFleur you know, was over his skis that, oh, it was all made by Aaron Rodgers. And that's proving to not be the case. Um, he's he's the play caller that I think we all thought he was. And it just took a while to get here, for your point about the training wheels. And so I I think that I drank LaFleur underneath Jordan Love in terms of the apologies, because I don't think they were as loud. But anyone thinking that Matt LaFleur should be on the hot seat, that's that's, again, a bad take. That's aging very poorly. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I mean, it's it's uh, it it did get a little. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. We we probably talked about it when they were three and six. Like, yeah, uh, two and five. He's probably, that, got, he's that probably got another. He, he's he's got another season. I think he's definitely got this season and probably next season. And now, you know, I mean, I don't I don't think there's any worry about his future at the moment. I mean coming off coming off a big win, you know, against Kansas City. But yeah, I mean, right. I'd probably go like a five or six for LaFleur. I think it's it is what it is. I think he's shown that um certainly the last few weeks that it's it was the right time, I guess, to take the training wheels off a little bit more. And um, you know, you're seeing what what the offense can do in that in that you know, situation with, with love, just, uh, you know, being able to, to do, to just kind of showcase his, uh, his talent, like letting right. him play a little more. Yeah. Just letting, let just him, thinking about stuff. Letting love slang it. I mean, he's still a little conservative here and there, right? Like the running play where it was like third and long, uh, you know, in the first half. And that would they, be my big complaint with LaFleur, or uh, I don't know if it's a big complaint, but my is like, do, is he, is he really a nuts on the table guy? You know, I, I, maybe it's, maybe it's from the Tampa Bay game where right. he, you know, decided to kick the field goal and, but you know, he's not Dan Campbell. I mean, no. and I'm not asking him to do that either. I think Dan Campbell's out of his mind um, <laughs> at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would, that would be my one kind of concern would be, is he, is he the type of guy with, you know, six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, you're down by, you know, or it's it's a, within four points or something. And either, either way, are you going to kick the field goal or are you going to go for the touchdown from the one-yard line? And, um, 
you know, is that is that something he's willing to do? He seems to be a little, you know, little timid in that situation. But right, um, also hasn't had a ton of experience there either. Right, and and I think he's getting more comfortable in sort of doing the little things around the you know the edges. I also think that they're helping out Jordan Love with the the blitz stuff. Uh, Aaron Nagler pointed that out. Uh, about with all the can calls where you saw him go to the line, see what the Chiefs were doing, and then it was a lot of like can can, and he was touching his helmet. And I, I think you know part of the yeah. you know part of people apologizing is realizing that Love and Love and Lafleur are building quite a partnership here, and you can kind of see it in real time that these guys are are getting comfortable with each other. Like I don't think that Matt Lafleur ever distrusted Jordan Love to the point of like fuck this guy. I'm out on this guy. Like you've seen with some NFL coaches and their quarterbacks, but I, I, I think that there just wasn't that connective tissue that maybe he had with Aaron. He's like, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's like they, it, that's sort of developing here. And I, I think that's part of the reason for the success. Yeah. Well, obviously and, it's important to have, to have your quarterback and, and coach on the same, you know, play caller on the same page. I mean, that's, you know, um, at any level, that's you know going to be what you need. And you're right. If there's if there's a nice mixture of, um, you know, where love is getting to the point of of able to check out of plays and stuff like that. And um, because you're right, I mean, I guess now that you mention it, there was it did seem like he was more comfortable in that um, kind of situation of just checking out of plays, and it's. Against the defending Super Bowl champ, so yeah, um, I I do have another coach I want to talk about, but I I think you have to talk about Brian Gunacust and the, you know, he had a lot of heat, including myself, and I was pretty critical of Brian, and I gotta say, like he might be higher than Jordan Love because this was his vision, and he was like, and some people got down with it completely, some people trashed it. Some people were like a foot in the water, a foot out of the water. Like I choose to dip and go with your vision and it's worked out. You can't like, even if thing, even if they don't make the playoffs, which would be super disappointing. You still look at this team next year. and They're, they're what uh top four Super Bowl contender next year, probably with the right pieces. The Packers. Yeah. Huh? Uh, Maybe. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. The there, NFC I mean, is, is, yeah. uh, after, I mean, I would say that Philadelphia and San Francisco are pretty safely, but I think after that, I suppose it's up for grabs unless you think, you know, the lions are the lions. Right. Are they, you know, are you going to sit here and, and trust them going forward? Um, maybe, but you know, You've seen Jared Goff turn into a pumpkin at any point, and right. I, I would not trust him at all. So, yeah, potentially, you know, in, in the NFC, they could be, you know, top three or four. So do you think Brian Gutekunst deserves more of an apology than Jordan Love? Um, Man, that's tough because – or is the jury still out? I mean, it, it's fair to say it like, is hey, look. because it's still it's still out. The jury's still out because this team is so young, and um, which you know that's kind of fine considering you know the trade they made with Aaron Rodgers, and they mm-hmm. they kind of went in a different direction, and you know 
it's it's going to pay off. I think, um, regardless of what how this season plays out. I mean, I don't think, I, I, you know, I think the Packers will make the playoffs. I don't know if they're winning a game in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. I mean, I, I think that's still a huge moral victory oh. at, at that point. Um, yeah. Buddy healed. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was reacting to. It's <laughs> been incredible. This is like I'm sorry to cut it. We're taping with the in-season tournament in the back of both of our TVs. This has been an incredible game for a lot of reasons. Tyrese Halliburton, his girlfriend, uh, just the way that they have been played against the, the Boston Celtics is is honestly almost better than sex. Um just we're, we're gonna get like a Tim Timberwolves moment here, I think, with Indiana where they're oh, gonna yeah. be yeah, everybody. Dancing on the table. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. This yeah that yeah, there's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot. Sorry, but but no, yeah. I I I agree that there is a it could go sideways, right? Like some of these guys could not. Yeah, the sophomore slump. They don't. You know, they have injury problems. Whatever it may be, like I I can see that. I think the fact though that you now have, you know, five picks in the top 100 next year that jets pick is getting better and better each day the buffalo oh, yeah. pick is good right like all of a sudden now you kind of have you control the cards you can make a significant move to move up in the first round or move back into the first round and say all right we want to get like the best possible players to make our team even better with highly talented football players. I I just really love that for the Green Bay Packers. And But do you do you realistically see them trading a draft pick for an established player? Oh, I meant more like going trading in like, like moving up. Moving up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting the guy you okay. want. Like pick uh, whether it's, you know, you need a line linebacker or you need a cornerback or you need an offensive tackle, whatever it may be. Um I, I do think we need to like like as fun as like a lot of the wide receivers are in college football, they're going to be available like a Dunze and uh, what's his name? The Dunze, Keon Coleman, uh, Malik neighbor, uh, neighbors that get drafted earlier, but like Packers don't need a wide receiver anymore, guys. Like we're, no, we're good. We not. have, we have five of them. They're, they're all really talented. Yeah. And they're all like first or second year players. So, I mean, the youth is, I mean the receiving receiving position is in pretty good hands, um, but I don't know. With Christian Watson, it's uh, he yeah. might be, he he well, might be. Um, it I, I, that if there's somebody I'm not apologizing for, I think it's Christian Watson. Honestly, okay, yeah, um, just because, yeah, he's had a good couple of games, but the dude just can't stay healthy, regardless. I mean, and it's hamstring issues are contagious in the Packers locker room, as as is, has been well documented. Mm-hmm. It's like calf soreness for the Bucks. I mean, it's just, <laughs> uh, you know, granted that's a made up injury. It's kind of a joke, but um, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it's been a couple of good games, but I don't know if I really trust him and in, in having, um, you know, a full season. It just seems like you know, two steps forward and a step back, you know, last night was a, was kind of a good microcosm, right? Um, the chiefs game where it's just, you know, you're making an impact and then 
he could hurt. Now it doesn't. I don't know how serious the injury is, but it's just it's always something with the guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's just yeah. It, and that's the frustrating thing. He is seven for seventy-one with two touchdowns. Yet he hurts his hamstring, and it's like you just can't. It just can't be perfect. And I and look, it's been better on a, for on him. a beautiful double reverse. Oh yeah. You know? Right, he has to come up, which it ended up working out because he should have got down anyway. But yeah, um, yeah, so he didn't screw that that part up. But just like, of course, right, a- absolutely, and it's yeah, it's just it's something else, man. And I I would agree that I don't know how how anyone can really apologize to him. The the other, and I so I agree with that. I put him below. Is Joe Barry was the last one I had there, and. I have a stat for you before we talk about Joe Barry. Do you know, and this is also from Aaron Nagler, popular night for Aaron Nagler. The Packers have not allowed more than 24 points in a game in eight straight contests. Their longest single season streak since a nine game streak in 2010. Wow. Really? Yeah. I must be looking at the wrong season on the Packers website here. 2010. Um, I don't so, know. I saw something about a 42 to 13 loss or win against Minnesota, but now we got it. So, um, I mean, yeah, they, have they allowed 24? No, I think Atlanta was the last time they allowed 24 points. Uh, De- Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Yeah, they got their when they got their ass kicked in Detroit. Yep, Detroit. Yes, and but since yeah, then, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. It's, I mean. I, I'm still well, not. There, there's no doubt that that Joe Barry is has some issues, but yeah, honestly, right. I mean, it's the defense has been consistently solid, regardless. It's they do play the kind of bend on break style. Um, they can't stop the run half the time, right? But Pacheco, I mean Pacheco, I mean Pacheco had an amazing game. I mean, you know, it's like it's like I I I, I can. Give Joe Barry credit without seeing that Joe Barry's flawed, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's got some issues and, you know, it's not going to be perfect. He's not out there playing, you know, I mean, he, right. he can, yeah, he can right. call things. He can probably avoid um, putting Preston Smith in pass coverage yep. um, at times and, you know, kind of being smartest guy in the room there would be, would be nice to to stop doing that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I don't know. People people hate the guy, and I don't know. I feel like it's it's a little unfair at times. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. I I, I do wonder too if you know, and I, I kind of mentioned this last week, but if Salah gets fired and it looks bad for him, does not look like he has the locker room together, that it would Matt Lafleur want to work with his best friend? And, you know, there sometimes you don't want to work with your friends. Sometimes you're like, you know, church and state. You're like, you know, my buddies are my buddies. But it, I would find it hard pressed that LaFleur, that first call, if they were to dismiss Joe Barry, that Salah is getting that job. And he's, you know, the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would think so. And I'd be, I'd be down for that. I, you um, know what? You know who else I would be down for is Eberflus from the Bears, the Bears fire him. He's a good defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean they have they have no relationship with Flair and Everflus, but just saying, wouldn't wouldn't hate it. 
Well, maybe that's maybe that's that's good too. I mean, right. like you said, would you want to work with your best friend or um maybe not? Yeah, but, could you imagine me and you running a marketing firm would probably kill each other. Right. Because you'd be there ten hours a day and yeah. you know uh, trying to do a fucking podcast. Who do you think would who do you think would try to kill each other? Like if it was me, you and Murph running a marketing firm, do you think we would both have a mutiny against Murph? Uh, I'd probably definitely be you two. Oh, with just going back and forth, or it'd be like the uh, West Coast Choppers meme with Paulie and his son yelling at each other. You know I'm, I'm not. About? I'm not familiar. No. Oh, okay. I'll send that to you later. Um. <laughs> uh so that's, but yeah. Um. That that is a. Uh, yeah, that's something else. But no, we're okay. That's it. No, no more apologies for anybody. I don't think I have anything else. Um, maybe AJ Dillon, but he also hasn't been. If you look at the numbers, yeah, you know he's only getting like four yards of carry. It's not like he had a. Yeah, you know, he was he was good enough. He was solid, frankly, um, against the Chiefs. But, um, you know, felt like he was good against Detroit, but he only had like forty yards. Right. So. Yeah, I will will say the one person where it's kind of reversed on him and this stretch has made him look worse is Jair Alexander. Like, I don't know, man. Like, they've played better without him. That's kind of weird, right? Like, that's not – there there might be something correlated there. Uh, A a Boston sports writer called a Ewan theory. Um, I definitely feel like there might be that with Jair. It could uh, be. So we will move on though to basketball. And while I do, do want to talk about the Bucks 20 games, we literally the in-season tournament game just ended. Indiana beats Boston. Celtics will not be in Vegas. And, and the Boston media mafia is absolutely crestfallen. They are in shambles. And god damn it, do I love it. Um well, I kind of wanted Boston, so yeah, but, I, hey, but don't get me wrong. This is enjoyable as well. Right. Like, I, I will enjoy the spin zone. We didn't have Porzingis. Um, I, I, I will revel in all of it. I agree. I would have liked to get another look at Boston, especially because you only play them three times. So having that fourth game could have been crucial. But look, man, you're going to have – you might have to compete with Indiana for the top spot in the, cent- in the Central Division. I, I think Indiana's defense is still – a bit troubles troubling, but Rick Carlisle is a great fucking coach. Yeah, and, and they, but they but they made they made Boston look pretty pretty uh, pedestrian in offense tonight. So yeah, that was the best um, defense I think we've seen from Indiana, you know, in a long time. Yeah, playoff defense. I mean, it was kind of a playoff atmosphere in uh, in Indy, and they haven't had that in a while. So you know, I'm not surprised there. Um, and they but, and they and they have great crowds because you know Indiana loves basketball. And it's like, it's kind of, you know, like how pack fans love football, like Indiana basketball is synonymous, you know? Yeah. They have a, they had a good tagline. They might still, we grow basketball. Oh yeah. That's perfect. I enjoy that uh, tagline. I don't know if they, I don't know if I saw it on a shirt of theirs or something, but um, yeah, I mean, they, they beat the bucks earlier this year with, without Dame, I believe that was the game. Rihanna said 54. Right. And we lost by like three or something. Yeah. Um, 
Did they not have Halliburton that night, though, maybe? No, they, they had Halliburton. Halliburton played in that game, I believe. Yeah, he played, didn't he? Uh, I got, I'll look. I, I do want to read something from uh, Damian uh, Rangula. Credit to Adam Silver. This felt like a real playoff game. Jason Tatum outplayed by the other team's best player. Celtics choked. Perfect. <laughs> no notes. Yeah. Yeah, I got to I got to look at the box score um real quick to see I see Tatum was 2 for 5 from the free throw line or, or uh, even worse you just than you just hate to see it. You just hate to see, you know, uh, the next Kobe Bryant struggle struggle this way. It's tough. Yeah. It's, it's tough for tough for everybody. But yeah, so four I mean for, 4 for 7 from the line, 2 for 8 from 3. Um yeah, Jalen Brown was probably better. Halberton Halberton did play in the game the Bucks lost 126 to 124. He had 29 points in that game with 10 assists and six rebounds. Okay. So, so yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. Well, the Bucks got to get past the Knicks first. So, right. Let's not Absolutely let's no. Not and Knicks are playing really that. good Knicks Knicks are playing really good basketball, but it does set up nicely for teams who have real trouble facing Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, they just do. They don't have the, you know, Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson are not the kind of guys you want against Giannis. They're just Julius Randle's too too small and too slow. Mitchell Robinson's just too slow. Miles Turner has gotten his lunch eaten by Giannis Antetokounmpo more times than maybe anybody in the NBA. So it does set up for the Bucks. They just got to take advantage now. Yeah, right. So I guess at this point, you know, he's put it that way. I'm I'm expecting a uh, a championship game appearance on Saturday. Um, Nightmare scenario for me with Marquette game. At, at, yeah, that's that's just tough. I have well, to figure that out. They lose. No, no, no. I don't. I don't. I'd rather them win. I'd rather them win. I, for the good of the team, I will. I I will have it have it there for them. So I yeah. I will. Well, uh, I, I wonder what the spin zone. So now the in season tournament's going to be shitty to Bill Simmons and. He's not gonna. He's not gonna understand it. I'm sure. And right. Because right. They, they shit the bed. Oh yeah. Again, yeah. The the spin zone is going to be absolutely incredible. Um, and it's just gonna. I I can't. I can't wait for it. I, I really well, what can't. A, but but what a what a product though. I mean. Oh yeah. Um, to to make it. I guess we might have talked about it in the past. With you, kind of wish it was maybe a little later in the. Yeah the schedule maybe maybe push this into january or something it started around christmas or you know um or lead it up right for into the most christmas, part i think is what we we kind of talked about where it's like you know you basically care yeah you basically carry it oh to it was the it was the week have the championship like the week in between christmas and new year's right yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah that's what we talked about yeah that's I, I think that would be that'd be awesome i i think I do think there's going to be things they do next year that just make it a little bit better. They're like, all right, we saw year one. And I would not be surprised if baseball looks at this and says, why don't we do this too? Like, why wouldn't baseball do something like this? Like instead of you just take a week off or something and, and like in. Sure. And uh, let's say June or something, maybe right after the NBA is done. Yeah, weather's nice, so everyone's gonna come out to the ballpark. Yeah, do it in June. Yeah, that's possible. Um, it it might be not, baseball is a lot less avant garde. Yeah, than than, than basketball. Um, that's true. 
Yeah, and might football, be football and basketball are always trying ways to how can we, how can we make more money? No, oh, yeah, and, you know, so it appears that this is you know it's just funny people bitch about the courts and whatnot and stupid tournament and stupid play-in tournament and we like all of it, you know. Yeah, there's like I think the first couple of games of group play for the tournament were like okay, but then like it really got fun last Tuesday with the Bucks playing the Heat in Miami. It kind of felt like a playoff game. And then I, then I knew like for sure like this this next week is going to be awesome with these with these couple, you know, showcase games, national nationally televised, the only games, you know, there were no games on Sunday at all in the NBA to kind of yeah, let everybody get a day off, you know, rest. Yeah. So so everyone was well rested, you know, and they you know, couldn't predict who would not play. So they just basically were like, all right, we're going to give everybody the day off. It's fine. We don't have to go against football for this day. And, and yeah, it worked out. And I'll be very curious to see, you know, what the rating does against a Bengals Jaguars game and did not have Joe Burrow in it. Um, right. Now it's a more competitive game than I think anyone expected it to be. But at the same time, it's, you know, it is interesting to that it's not necessarily like two premier NFL right. teams. And then you have on Thursday, you don't, you have Steelers Patriots, which is a, like a brand game, but it's Mitch I'll Trubisky versus. Yes, exactly. Like if you watch that over the in-season tournament, I fucking hate your guts. Like just know that even if you are a Steelers or Patriots fan. Well, I, I'll, I'll, well, I'll think, I'll think of that when, Murph texts the group chat about oh, I know. some I know. some third down third down conversion. Oh, I can't something. believe I can't believe Pickens. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. off. Like, you know, <laughs> so so like no. Uh, yeah, it's great, man. It'll be really fun to watch the Bucks in there, you know, and see see maybe you know if this clutch time Bucks it's for a full game, right? Because that's where you would tend to see the clutch time the lockdown, the playing with a sense of urgency for an entire game come out is the playoffs. And when we think about the first 20 games of the Bucs season as they're 14 and six to start the young year, I think the biggest highlight is what they've done in the clutch and just the way that they basically choke teams out, as I've said a few times on the pod, uh, without you the last few weeks. Like they just wear teams down and – don't give up an inch and make a ton of big baskets. And it's just been easily the most fun thing about this buck season so far. Yeah. I mean, they, they've been most of these games pretty lack of lackadaisical defensively, um, very lackadaisical for the first three quarters, but there's something about, you know, winning time and with this team and, you know, the bulls game, notwithstanding that was the one where, yeah, I mean, well, you know, you play with fire and eventually you're going to get burned and, you know, that's, that's okay. You're going to have those. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say clutch time and obviously Damian Lillard has been, you know, a highlight in, in that with his presence and you're just, you're never out of a game with, with, with him, you know, you just got to kind of keep it within 10 or 12, you know, and it's six minutes to go coming out of the, the media timeout under seven media timeout and you know you still got a chance with that guy on the court and then you know so it'll be interesting to see if they they can in in this situation get a 
get a taste of a kind of playoff level um, competition in the season, in season tournament, if, if they are able to, to do that for, for, you know, the better part of 48 minutes, I think it's a little unrealistic to, right. you know, yeah. expect a, a 40 point blowout or something um, in this situation. And with the way the Knicks play, it's kind of hard to blow them out. Probably they're kind of, kind of the Badgers of the NBA in a way where they're, <laughs> they're just a, uh, they're just a, you know, they're scrappy. Yeah. They're scrappy, but like also like, yeah, they're scrappy and they, they just don't play with a ton of pace. So mm-hmm. um, it's hard to blow them out, but yeah. So right. Clutch time has been, has been easily the best part of this team so far through 20 games. Yeah. No question about it. And I, I, I think, one of the things that's been probably the worst thing has just been the discourse around Adrian Griffin. I think just this whole, like, I I just don't know what a certain section of fans want. I've heard a few people, uh, I I saw somebody, I forget who it was tweeted out. Like, you know, they, some people's takes are like, they want to be, they want to be on Bill Simmons or Zach Lowe's podcast. And I, And look, I I fall accustomed to some of that sometimes, but I I think this, what I, what really drives me crazy about the whole thing is I never get a solution. Okay. You want to get rid of this guy? Who are you bringing in? One guy shot to him was like, I would hire Kenny Atkinson and I do it sooner rather than later. So it's not locked in. And I was like, okay, you provided me a solution. Um, But like, you can't escape the fact that like, M.A. Udoka, who's renowned kind of now as a really good coach, was 25 and 25. He was 18 and 21 at one point with that Boston team. They got to the finals. Like it, and we were literally doing this. We literally just had an, a whole segment about apologizing to Jordan Love because we overreacted too early to him. And I just, it's so draining to go through this whole process every fucking Bucks game on social media. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've tried to kind of stay out of it. I, I don't – it's just too early. Um, and, frankly, they've been fine. I mean, they're 14-6 and six for Christ's sakes. I mean, they're not going to be – you know, and they're still viewed as some sort of disappointment nationally. Yeah, it's, like, it's hilarious. You knew their defense was going to be a little worse. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean – and it is. That's fine. As long as it's not, like, bottom five – I mean, I think that the offense is really coming around and, you know, they put up 132 on Atlanta and I should look at what the box scores of ga- games of late are and see what their point totals are, but off the top of my head, but it, it's been, you know, they're going to get better. I mean, they're going to figure it out and yeah, there's, it, I just haven't wasted a ton of energy on it because they're fine. And I know it's not, great but i i don't i don't think he's doing anything horrible i mean there are times where you might get brooke lopez guarding somebody at at the top of the key with no no help behind him that gets you know but that's that's gonna happen of course you can take take a screenshot of that and put it on twitter and say look look at this and what the fuck is adrian griffin doing but largely i don't really have a problem with him i mean yeah they're, they're make they're making they're making in-game adjustments. They're playing more zone. Um, and, you know, that's going to be beneficial come playoff time that you, you know, it's, it is kind of a fine line though. You you don't really, 
you don't want to be so goddamn stubborn like Bud, but also like you don't want to make tons too many changes during the uh during the game and then you have kind of no identity at that point. But uh, right, you know, get it out of the way. It's an eighty two game dress rehearsal. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's, you know, get it out of the way and, and peak at the right time. I mean, yeah. You're Boston or Minnesota where you're you're 15 and four and everybody thinks you're going to the finals. Like, there's a long way to go here. Well, right. I mean, look at that New Orleans team. What was that? Was that last year where they were like red hot start the year and then they didn't make the playoffs? They they made, they missed it after the play in. Yeah, it was last year. And they fell apart. And so. I think that there is a – it's just – it's so early, to your point. I also think, like, it's kind of been stacked against them in terms of the injuries, right? You haven't had Jay Crowder for a majority of this 20-game stretch or half of it. Pat Connaughton goes down with an injury. Chris Middleton, you're still managing his minutes. Like, it's not been exactly easy for Adrian Griffin, and that's – that's a thing that has to at least be considered with these people, right? Like you have to at least acknowledge like, Hey, he hasn't had a full deck really this entire year. And maybe we should see what this team looks like when the deck is full or as full as it's going to be. Yeah. And you know, Giannis has played more this year. And I think, you know, I think he played 33 against Atlanta. Um, And that would have probably never happened under Bud. Right. And it would have been 32, you know, 32, safe and safe and sound at that number. Um, right. Yeah, but, we're comfortable there. But now it's it's been a little more, and I think it's largely a good thing, especially a couple of days off here. Um, you know, got to get those guys playing together against Atlanta. Giannis was much better as a role man and making decisions out of that. And, um, you know, that's a role that he's going to have to get to get comfortable with. But we have a, you know, another 60 games to, to do that. And, you know, it's going to take time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Anything else that kind of you could highlight or low light from this, or even stuff that you're kind of looking at for the next 20 that you're going to pay attention to. So basically, you know, the next month and a half of games uh, here coming up. Um, I mean, I guess while Malik Beasley is staying in that starting lineup, it, I, I know we talked about it before. Never, yeah. You know, it seemed like he, he had to come out and of the starting, starting five and he stayed in there and, and grabbed that. And, um, I don't know who, who could have, maybe Marjan Bochamp would be a guy. Cause I feel like he's had a pretty rough stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people disappointed with with his performances, especially against some of the better teams, you know, been pretty underwhelming, you know, what's, what's it going to look like for him? I think that's a very important, you know, I don't want to call him an X factor to the season, but maybe because Crowder's going to be out for a while, a couple more months. And, uh, you know, if Marjan's not taking advantage of this opportunity, which for the most part he hasn't, that's, it's going to be a problem. I mean, yeah. he spent the first first round pick on the guy, and um, you know he he's basically a spot up shooter and not really a great one either. So, and defensively, he's just kind of been, you know, 
meh. And that's kind of been the one area you thought he'd be, he'd be better in, but I don't know. He's just a little, a little soft for my liking. And, uh, you know, maybe that's, it's just kind of his personality, but, um, if you get him to be a dog, uh, I think you'd have, uh, oh yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you have, no, you, have, you, it, you, you'd you be sitting pretty with, your, with him. Be, your bench becomes better. Your bench becomes immediately better. You know, Andre Jackson Jr. could fit that role too, right? Where what does his development continue to look like? I think you'd say he's a positive for the first 20 games. But I I think that you have to temper expectations. People are like, whoa, we should be playing like 20 to 30 minutes. I guarantee you if Andre Jackson Jr. is out there for 20 to 30 minutes, Barney doesn't get get six fouls, like you're not going to probably like that experience more than the 12 minutes you're seeing of him. It's kind of like the role player in baseball that he gets a few at bats and you're like, why does he get more at bats? And then he gets more at bats and you're like, oh, that's right. That's why. Yeah. And and I just I think down the stretch, yeah, that could happen, but it's it's still early. Um I, I also think kind of looking at the schedule, you're gonna get another shot at Boston at home uh Thursday, January eleventh. That to me is a massive game. Like you gotta take it to Boston. You gotta punch Boston in the in the mouth, right? Like you cannot be scared against that team. You have what's now looking very important. You have potentially four games against Indiana, at least three, um, and those games are going to matter. Like it, at least for now. Like we'll we'll see if they matter at the end of the year. But in this kind of moment, they they do real. They're really important for maybe the maybe seeding and positioning for, for April and, and May. Yeah. And suddenly the central division doesn't look too bad, huh? No. With Indiana, it, I, with Indiana picking it up and Cleveland's been Cleveland, their coach might get fired at some point, but um, yeah, is Mike Boonholes are going to be the coach of the Cavs by, by January 1st. That would be pretty annoying. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh God. You want to talk about how bad, how could the Adrian Griffin discourse get worse? Mike Boonholes are being the, the Cavs coach. That would be how it gets worse. Does he want to coach? I don't know. I probably not. Like I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't I have. Like a he line. probably probably would have been coach. I mean, I, I think he's. I don't think he's coming back. Oh. Mid season. Yeah, personally, no, I, I, I don't think he would do that too. I think he's too much of a psycho to come back mid season. Like that's just he's he's a very much a cerebral coach. Like he just. He needs it to be his way. He needs his kind of guys. Like he's a little like weirdly like Daryl Morey in that sense, where you like you kind of need his pieces to to fit in with what he's sort of proposing to do. He's a big scheme guy, that's for oh, sure. Oh yeah, no, no, no. He, no, lo- he loves his scheme, no question about it. So, yeah, it's it's been a it's been an interesting. 20 games. I've, I've had, I've had more fun than maybe some other Bucks fans have maybe more than national media has had. Yeah. All these close games are going to add extra gray hairs to me, but it's fun basketball. Like I'm still having fun watching the games. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. I mean, would you, would you, would you rather see, you know, last year's games where the regular season was essentially, I don't know, null and void. It's just, just be, just be um, healthy when the playoffs come. But now it's like, you know, 
you got a lot to watch. You know, you got it's exciting. I mean, again, you're never out of a game with Dame and Giannis. Nope. And especially Dame down down the stretch. Yep that that has been a certainly a lesson learned. All right, let's wrap up today's. Any more? Anything more on the uh, on Bucks before I move to a uh, little college football? No, let's keep her moving. Um, so I we don't do a lot of national stuff, and we'll we'll bring it you know to the Badgers, and I would say Badger football is sort of went to the wayside a little bit. I've I've talked about it that I'm a little more apathetic towards Wisconsin, and just when we've outlined that. But I, I couldn't help but wonder, you know, this is it's kind of why being in the Big Ten and being in the SEC matters because they might be the only conferences that, that do matter in the long run with Florida State getting screwed. I, I, I couldn't believe it happened. I Everyone's like, it's going to happen. It's the four best teams, all this other stuff. And I just, it was, it was stunning. I, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't really wrap my head around it. And not that I know a lot of people who cheer for Florida State or I have a lot of Florida State fans in my life, but I just, I mean, I just, it's hard to like think that any of the games really matter when that type of shit happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, you knew it was coming, right? And it, their fate was probably decided the second Jordan Travis got, got hurt. And it's unfortunate. It's sort of, it sort of it sort of waters down the the regular season in in college football, which you know people get into it and it's a very exciting thing. But you're right. I mean, why even play the games then, right? If if yeah, that's if that is going to be the case, and you know, Big Ten and SEC are basically or just or just call it to say those two those two conferences get an automatic bid, and. Maybe that's what they'll do once the, the twelve team. Uh, yeah, they'll they'll have expansion comes. So the cut in, they'll have automatic qualifiers for the Big Ten, the SEC, the uh, Big Twelve, and the ACC. I believe is the will be will all have automatic bids. But what's to say that they won't say, "All right, the top two Big Ten teams." It's kind of to that point, right? And the top two yeah. SEC teams get auto, and it just right. keeps, where does it? Where does it end? Right. right. I mean, yeah. Does it go to 16 because we're screwing, you know, you know, the third or fourth best SEC or Big Ten team? Like, it's ridiculous. Are you going to put, are you going to put Liberty in and they're, you know, the 10th team in the country? Are they going to get in? Probably not. No, they, they will have one automatic qualifier that gets in, but that's it. But what if you have two? Well, boy, like if Liberty's awesome, but Boise State's also awesome, boy, Boise State's getting fucked. Right. Like they're not putting Boise State in. So it it's like the they have they have cushion for one, but they don't think about what what the other consequences are going to be. And yeah, it's just it's so shitty for Florida State because like I the hypothetical I've been using is like if this happened to Alabama and Alabama lost their star quarterback and they were undefeated. And then they eked out, you know, a game against Auburn and they eked out the SEC championship. Guess what? Alabama's yeah. still in the fucking playoff. No question sure. about it. Ohio State still in the fucking playoff. Michigan still in the fucking playoff. But because Florida State's in the ACC, it don't mean shit. 
And this would be, it would have happened to Washington. It would have happened to Oregon. Like there is just a divide and they've made it abundantly clear. And it's, it's just a bad precedent. And I, and what's, you know, annoying about it is these guys looked at it and said, let's cash out one more time because we'll have the 12 team playoff next year. So no one will have to use this as precedent, right? No one will be like, all right, well, we can refer back to 2023. This basically doesn't exist anymore. So you're like, okay, we don't have to worry about like what people say about us because we're going to, we'll go to 12 next year. So it won't matter next year. Well, and I think Rosillo said it in his, in his podcast today about, you know, the system in college football has never been perfect. I mean, we, you're no. going to find, going to find complaints, you know, going back for a century with not a century, right. but 50 years probably with, you know, you know, you, you, it was pure vote until what, like 2000 or so, or maybe the late nineties when the, when did the BCS yeah. come in? 1990, I think it was 1999. Cause I remember, I remember vividly one of my first like, memories as like a young sports fan was Michigan, Nebraska in 1996, both were undefeated, but because of how the bulls were Michigan and Nebraska did not play each other in the Rose bowl that year or whatever bowl Nebraska was in because Michigan had to play a pac 10 team at the time instead of playing, instead of playing Nebraska in the Rose bowl, which would have been an awesome game. And that's what started it all. Well, that's what it used to be was like the Bulls were the number one Big Ten school against the number one Pac-10 school played in the Rose Bowl, right? And right. Unless it was the national championship, yeah, which was that's, number yeah. one and number two in the coaches' poll or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're, then you're voting and, you know, with coaches and there might be some politics there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not perfect. And then BCS was – all computer generated um, information, you know, analytical style. And now you have a committee vote and, you know, somebody's getting screwed at all times. Yeah. And I, I, one thing that I have thought about that I don't know I've heard discussed regarding this topic is, is there a gambling piece to this? Like, do they, do they not want Florida state to just get, because Michigan plays Florida State. That's going to be with a backup quarterback. That's probably a twenty-point spread, right? In a nah, I would double bet, digits. Oh yeah, double digits for sure. Fourteen or fifteen. The Georgia Florida line right now. Florida State line is twelve right now. Okay. Yeah. So it'd probably be something like that, I guess. Because uh, the, and and also just to add to that, and I'll let you get back in. They're that line's probably a little lower because they're expecting opt-outs. So it's not going to be like the playoff where all these guys are going to play. So it's probably like Michigan favored by 15 and a half or something like that. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is, is there like a gambling partner piece to this where like, you know, I don't know, is college in in cahoots with gambling companies? I mean, probably a little bit advertising, right? I mean, sure. You know, do they, do they, do they want, close games right i mean that's that's what well, they want well herb street said herb street was very honest and i'm sure because the guy's just doing everything and kind of run ragged like 
He's like, I don't want to call any more blowouts. And yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it, right? Like college football, these semifinals have not been as exciting as maybe what we've seen out of the final four and what we've seen out of, you know, the whether it's the conference finals for football or baseball or NLCS, right? But it's it is true. Like there there is an element to that. And yeah, these spreads are right now, I think Alabama or Michigan's favored by like one or two. And Washington or Texas is favored by like four and a half, five. Really? So, yeah. Well, that surprised me. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I Texas's defensive line's nasty. It's really fucking good. And Sarkeesian has kind of been Saban-esque where offensively, where you give him enough time, Sark can really kind of draw things up and really, you know, he's a big game coach for sure. But Kalen DeBoer just wins. Like it's crazy. Like I think Caleb DeBoer is going to get some NFL looks this this coming NFL cycle. I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, that's possible. Um, just just think, you know, he's a winner. Like he seems like a, seems like, like kind of a laid back guy too. Oh yeah, yeah, and just kind of he just he has that. He doesn't seem like the dabble Sweeney, right? That it's only going to work in college, right? And so, yeah, yeah. Dabo is kind of a prototypical college coach. Right. Yeah. You know, my and, way or the highway. Fuck the transfer portal and NIL. Well, and hey, what do you call all the fans for, yeah, for coming Ty, after me? Tyler, Tyler and Spartanburg. Tyler, Tyler, I tell you. Um, but, man, it's going to be fun. I mean, I've it, listened it, to you for long enough. <laughs> <laughs> it it like is. Good. You I think the, the thing is, is you're you're still going to watch. I know that that's such a shitty thing to say, but like, we're all going to watch it. We're yeah. all going to be hung over on our couch watching both those games and just being absolutely into it and ready and ready to go. And that's, and that's part of it. And that's, and they know that and they have you kind of by the dick a little bit. And, and I don't expect the ratings to be bad because guess what? While my dad might feel bad for Florida state, He's going to watch Michigan, Alabama for the Rose Bowl. Every boomer dad is going to watch Michigan, Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that's that's for sure. I mean, that's going to be, damn, that is the Rose Bowl, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's unbelievable. I mean, then you have Washington, Texas on a fast turf in New Orleans. That thing, there easily could be like 42 to 38 last, last, team with the ball wins that game yeah that's yeah. kind of been washington's mo oh yeah yeah i i i don't know if i think i asked our group chat i i asked our friend seth who was who's noted oregon fan i said you know is washington just tcu except in the pacific northwest like they kind of give me that same vibe where it's just they find ways to win it's crazy and the badgers right. will be mercifully playing lsu um and potentially Jaden daniels you know, Heisman, uh, I hope he plays if he does win the Heisman. Um, and the nice thing about LSU is anybody can score on LSU. Like, I think even Jackson Acker could score. Uh, but Badgers are getting rifled in the transfer portal. Uh, Chimere DK, Skylar Bell, Contez Lewis, three of their top receivers from 2022 all going in the portal. Uh, is That's kind of nuts. And I, I know their receivers coach is leaving for Notre Dame, but – Man, this this has not been 
I think the year Luke Fickle expected. Yeah, been a little bit of a yeah, a little bit of a year from hell. But yeah. that's that's to be I want to say expected, but I mean it's it's going to take take some time for him and uh you know, it's just kind of the way it is now. I mean, you got to got to play the game and I don't know I don't know how these college coaches do it, man. I mean, it's it's got to be a fucking nightmare. No, I, mean, I I don't either. I but it, I, it works both ways. I mean, they're screwing the kids over too that are that are already there, you know, by getting, um, you know, dipping their toes in the transfer portal, and and it kind of works both ways. I mean, it's right. It's a two way two way street now uh, between players and coaches in college. Never was like that, but uh, that's fine in my opinion. But it's got to be a hell on these coaches. I mean, it's right. You spend tons of time, not only preparing a game plan, but also you got to recruit and, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't even know why they do it. No, I, I think, and that's why I think you're, you saw it at least in college basketball, all of these coaches retiring, right? Like coach K Roy Williams, Jay Wright. I think bit Bayheim. Like all of these guys, I think would have coached for four or five more years, maybe more with like a guy like Chick Wright, who's a little younger, if the NIL didn't exist, right? And we haven't exactly seen it in college football, which the money just must be so good. Like I don't know why Saban doesn't just be like, "All right, I'm out," right? Like I, why do I need to? Why do I need to do this? I have everything. I have a, probably a job at ESPN if I want it. Um. Why do I need to? And it's probably also why you haven't seen Urban Meyer get himself back into the mix because Urban Meyer, for as bad as he was as a Jaguars coach, he's a fucking awesome college coach. He's a scumbag, but he's an awesome, he's an awesome college football coach. Can't, can't deny that. So I, I just really, it's really interesting to, yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't know how they do it. I'm like, it's surprising to see that all the names, you know, the Dylan Gabriel out of, like, I'm like, Dylan Gabriel was great for Oklahoma. Why Why the fuck do you want to leave? Apparently he wants to go to Oregon because uh, he's close with Marcus Mariota's family. He's from Hawaii. And there's all these backstories, right? Like apparently, you know, Notre Dame's already has Riley Leonard. And so it's all this back channel bullshit. And it's, it's fascinating to kind of watch from the sidelines and not really have a dog in the fight. But if I did... Yeah. I would be probably furious and I, I would have probably, well, we would, we might've led with this if I was like a diehard Badger fan. How many years in a row is Notre Dame going to have like a fifth year quarterback? I mean, that's, I think that's the, that's the thing that I, I wonder how sustainable it is. I, I don't necessarily know if the one year is, is that much of a good strategy. Like, Look at Washington. Penix was there for two years. Bo Nix was there for two years. Um, they Those guys have been uh, – Carson Beck from Georgia was in the program for multiple years. Jordan Travis was in the program multiple years. Jalen Milrow in the pro Like, all these guys have been with their teams for a couple of years. It doesn't seem like the one-and-done quarterbacks are – you know, can build enough chemistry in that time to really make it happen. And so I think well, yeah, most I, of them, most of them stink anyway. Like at their, at, you know, Graham Mertz, I mean, God bless America, you know, well, that, that's one example. 
Well, right. And it's like, okay, Cam Ward apparently is going to get like a million dollars to play wherever he wants to play uh, from Washington State. And there's all these teams mentioned. I do like Cam Ward, but I mean, their team stunk down the stretch. Right. And he he had some turnover issues and and everything like that. And it's just like you you really you really got to figure you got to really have the receivers. You have to have a, a running back. You got to have the offensive line. Like if I were the Badgers and I and they've been mentioned with Cam Ward, I would just stay with the guys you got. I would I would develop Braden Lock. You know, you have Mabry uh Malbauer, whatever the hell his name is, the kid from Texas coming in. Nick Evers was a transfer in from Oklahoma. Like you do have to replace Miles Burkett, but yeah, get a get a guy, a freshman off the portal, right? Get a guy who can be in your system for three more years. And if they don't want to stay, well, fuck them. That's fine. But like, I would not, I, I don't think the one and done quarterback strategy is, is exactly working. And I, I think it's really the guys who can get there for two years and keep them there. And that's why I think like the Gabriel thing for Oklahoma is such a big loss because I, I, I think that you keep him that, that, that really does really does help things along for that team. How many years does he have? A couple years of eligibility? Because no, I he, he... no, he's a six-year senior. He had he got hurt, so he got an extra year. So he just has this one year, and the rumor is he's going to Oregon. Yeah, I heard that, and you know, Bo Nix worked out, but yeah, he was there a couple but years. Two years, so. two years. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. Maybe that's a dumb theory. All right, we should probably probably bounce Brewer stuff. Um, Chirios officially signed. Uh, I think everybody's excited. Uh, Pat Murphy already read Assen Trio saying you're still number 94 to me. I don't know if you saw that. I did not, but I'm not surprised. He's like, he told Trio, he's like, yeah, you're still going to wear number 94. You're going to have to earn 11. Everyone's like, oh, I fucking love this. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I like it, I guess, but I don't know, man. Like, this, this is, this is what I worry about. Like, I, I'll just, uh, maybe maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe we'll do an apology well, rankings. For... I hope he's joking about it, but that um, uh, did not seem see. like he was joking about it. It's good to get Wayne Miley back. I think that was smart. Uh, Jeb, Opening his, day starter. Jeb, his son, uh, uh, decided to come back to Milwaukee. Shout out Jeb. Uh, seems like a good kid. They uh, also a great for... name. Oh God, yeah. You can't really name. A Midwesterner job, though, right? Like, no, that's no. That's, if you, below, that's below the Mason Dixon for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's no way. There's no way you, if you live up here, can you name your your kid Jeb? Just doesn't just doesn't work, you know? Yeah, people would look at you funny for sure. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Jebediah is actually the full name for anyone who knows Jeb is the nickname for. So that makes it even worse. Uh, Heyman did note in his. Uh, in, in his like winter meetings column this afternoon or this evening that they, they need to, the brewers apparently need to get blown away for a Corbin Burns deal that they are, they are likely not going to trade him unless it's like a premier deal. They are fielding offers for their plethora of outfielders. So that, that is there. Um, they're like, I don't know if trio is going to be an opening day starter they, you know, set a young lineup of, of a, all the outfielders listening. I mean, I think we did cover it that, you know, there's certain guys we'd want to trade. There's certain guys we don't want to trade. 
Um, and we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I, I also really feel like the Corbin Burns market might not get decided this week because they're going to probably move Dylan Cease, the White Sox, that is. The Rays are going to probably try to move Tyler Glass now. I think once you see that, and then the guys miss out on your motto. Did I say that right? The pitcher for yeah, Japanese. Yamamoto, isn't it? Yamamoto. Fuck. I got close. Um, I, I think yeah, that's I bet, when. I bet, I bet Baltimore goes after Dylan, Dylan Cease. I could see that. Because you, you see that. Wouldn't you? I, I'd rather have him than Corbin Burns. Like yeah. If we're going to blow some prospects. Yeah. The only problem with Cease is his walks issue. But other than that, yeah. He's I, I like him. I, I like him better than Glass now too, because I think the Glass now thing is like he fucking breaks down, man. Like he's broken down before. Yeah, Twenty five million. Corbin Burns, he gives up six runs every in, in an inning every third start. Right. Yeah. He just gets a little shit in his pants and he he loses focus and there you go. Yeah. It's it's, it's an issue. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's it's going to be a very interesting off season for the Brewers now with this trio thing. Off season. Yeah, you bet. I mean, they added Joe Ross, former – gosh, he pitched for a lot of teams. I remember him on the Nationals. Tyson Ross's brother. Yeah, right. And he had a, two Tommy Johns, but he's look, he had a really good AAA season. I don't know. I always trust the Brewers with pitchers. I'm not going to – I'm never going to be really critical of the Brewers when it comes to pitchers. They seem – they always seem to kind of know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true, but – uh, is he probably going to be a reliever? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're not going to have him to start. No, he's going to be going to be a reliever. Um, he did get a big league deal, so it's not even like an offer to try out. Like they they think he's part of their plan for next year. So we'll uh, we'll sort of see. And I don't we'll think see. he didn't pitch in the bigs last year. No. Um, yeah. Okay. If you're we'll here, I, the last question I, I'll ask about the Brewers: If you're them. Depending on what the other moves you might make, do you try to get a Wilson Contreras? Uh, or yeah, William Wilson Contreras. No, William. Sorry, Fuck. <laughs> I I haven't done that in a while. Uh, William Contreras extension done, or do you talk about? While you're at it, might as well. Right. Um. Do like a. I'm trying to think, I was thinking about the Ryan Braun situation. Did he? When did he sign his first extension? Was it after a one full season? Yes, it was like literally. It, it was like a seems it, like it was like a year to the day. Like he like it was like the May the following May of that of that that year. Ryan Braun did that deal, which would be about Wilson Contreras, you know, I, timeline. He, he has a full year. Well, he played a full year with Atlanta too. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I think get get him a get him locked down on, but I don't know. Does he probably would be? Oh, he, I mean, oh god, yeah. But I, I don't know. I think you could at least talk to Wild Bill about, hey, look, we have Trio here now for the next nine years. We have Yelich for another couple. Like we see you as part of the cornerstone of our team, and we want you to be here as long as you want to be here. And maybe it's not like a huge deal. Maybe it's not like a seven-year deal, but maybe it's a three-year deal. Maybe you know you wipe out the arbitration and you just he gets paid up front. You know, I I don't hate that, um, but we'll see. I don't either. I don't either. But um, yeah, Brewer, I don't know. Brewers haven't done a ton of that lately. Yeah. Well, 
you know, you know, you just never know, Mitch. You know, you know, there's sometimes where you you trust Jacksonville to get stops, and so you keep your fantasy season alive, and they just get you know shit down the throat by Jake Browning. So you know, sometimes just things don't work out for you. Yeah, sometimes you need touchdowns from Travis Etienne, and Trevor Lawrence has like eight rushing touchdowns in the last two games. Yeah, it makes you want to fucking punch a hole in your wall. Look, man, um, the chopsticks are dead. It's sad. Uh, it's sad <laughs> that we're uh, you and I will be Mister Irrelevant uh, for for next week. I think we're playing each other next week, and we'll just be meaningless football. Um, unfortunately, yeah, it might be might be time to uh, pay the piper and admit defeat and pay your fantasy dues. Finally, I think I have. Like me, I think I have paid. But anyways, um, well, I usually wait because I don't. I don't. I plan on getting paid out. I don't know about you. <laughs> But uh, Tank Dell's injury fucked me in a league. I'm I, I have had a great team, but when it's fourteen team league and it's week uh, week thirteen in the NFL season, I pulled him out of my ass. Somehow he was on the waiver wire a couple weeks ago, and I basically blew my entire fab on him. And it was looking good. And now I'm gonna have to start Drake London again. Yep, Drake so, London. Drake, you're back. Drake London. Hit- Drake London's uh, six points a week is gonna really, uh, really cost me. So, well, T's and T's and P's. Fantasy, man. fantasy is is a fickle beast. I gotta check in and see if Evan Ingram has got to that seventeen point threshold. Um, I I don't know. I know he hasn't caught another touchdown. Let me see. Actually, I could I could look. Not that anyone cares. No one's listening at this point. Um, but yeah. Um, it's it's just it's tough. But we'll be back tomorrow uh, recapping the in-season tournament. Who knows if anything else will come across the wire. And then, yeah, we have podcasts maybe all week. If the Bucks keep winning, I'll keep podcasting. That'll be uh, that'll be kind of the, the motto here. Um, and then, you know. No, no load management here. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in it right now with uh, all the shit going on. So it's, it's a busy week here uh, at, at, at HQ. So we'll see you then, and Mitch, we'll uh, we'll see you next week, bud. Yep, sounds good. All right. Oh, he beat. He got the piece in it. All right, see you guys.